Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When everyone who I worked with at the time was taking a piss, oh, you get a day off on a Friday, why in, all that. You know, I was up earlier on a Friday for, to work for myself than I was to go into the office for nine o'clock in the week. It's one thing having a dream, it's another thing to make that dream come true. You've got to be your own fairy godmother, put in the hard work, and if you're Johnny Draper, add in a bit of sparkle too. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. From marketing to wedding videos to wedding photography, Johnny Draper's story is an interesting one. I'm not sure it's ready for the West End just yet, Johnny, but when it is, there's only one person going to play the lead role. Well, let's head to Manchester and welcome Johnny to Phototypes. Hello, thanks for having me. Look around yourself. Tell us exactly where you are now and what you can see around you. Okay, um, I'm in my dungeon, um, my cellar at home, which is where I do all my work, basically all my editing, all my kit is down here, um, a load of boxes full of shites are down here, of all the things that I should have arranged nicely into onto shelves and things like that, so I've got you know boxfuls of USBs that I've actually just been burning um, copying images to one and I've got eight gigs and 16 gigs and of course I've not labeled the boxes so I have to put one in and see what size it is and all that sort of stuff so yeah surrounded by a world of um, photography sort of nonsense really excellent so is it fairly tidy or fairly messy um yeah pretty messy <laughs> pretty messy but I know where everything is that's the main thing organized chaos best way to be yes. <laughs> that's what I keep telling my wife I know where everything is. Stop moving it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, we we obviously have a similar relationship to with our respective wives because uh, every time Emma comes and puts anything away down here, um, it's immediately lost. So anyway, Alice's way of tidying up is just to shove everything in a drawer. So usually, I just look in the first drawer I come to, and it's all in there. Ah, if only it was that simple with Emma. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope they're not listening <laughs> yeah oh yes yeah, so won't be forwarding this on to anyone <laughs> what about when you work are you a tidy worker or a, like do you kind of shoot messily I, I like to think that i'm pretty methodical in terms of how i go about doing stuff i definitely have um an overall approach when i'm shooting a wedding or pre-wedding shoot i kind of um have a list in my head i guess um not trying to be too formal about it because you know I'm trying to go for spontaneity a lot of the time. But there's, there's, you know, in terms of how, from a, I guess a physical point of view, how I organise my my kit in my bags and where everything is, I know exactly where stuff is. That all has its place. Um, when I rock up at wedding venues, I kind of have a, you know, a, a, a checklist of right. I'm going to find somewhere that the the main bag sits at that venue that's got all the bits and pieces in that I may need through the day. Everything else that sort of comes out 
with me carried on, you know, on my person. Um, and I try and keep the car as close as possible as well for all the other bits and pieces in the boot that I might need. Um, but yeah, when I'm shooting, I guess I shoot um, kind of with a, a storyboard, I guess, in mind. But that's I used to do video back in the day, so I kind of always have like this thing in my head about establishing shots and shots that kind of lead into different parts of the day um i don't know whether whether other people do that or don't do that but that's certainly something that, that is always on my mind for those people who don't know you and we have a worldwide audience okay. so describe yourself as a photographer wow that's hard <laughs> um i guess oh, that's the it's like the describe your style it's impossible nobody kind of wants to pigeonhole hold themselves i guess ever um but Describing myself as a photographer, you know, I am a wedding photographer first and foremost, really. I mean, I do the odd other bits and pieces, but I don't really chase any commercial work. I'm not particularly interested in it. I really love shooting weddings. Um, so in terms of describing myself as a wedding photographer, I guess I just want to shoot people having a good time. It's as simple as that, you know, and, and this within that, then there's... Um, a lot of that is dependent on the couple, how far they want to take things. But I, I definitely kind of, I like to think I have a bit of a, a fashion edge sometimes if it's the right kind of bride and groom. So I quite, I think as photographers, we're all by our very nature quite geeky and we like the technical side of things and we like kit. But I definitely like to play around with lighting a little bit if it's if it is in the right situation for the right kind of bride and groom. So if they have got a bit of swagger about them, I like to bust out a bit of off-camera flash. But overall, I guess. I would never call myself a documentary photographer, um, but I guess a lot of how I shoot the day is documentary style, um, coupled with, you know, I just I, I just try and bring a, you know, it sounds really cliche and shit, but I, you know, I kind of say that like, just want to bring a bit, a bit of awesome to the wedding as well. Just do something that makes them feel like, yeah, that's us, that's our wedding, that's our wedding day, and none of our mates have got anything like that, and that's why we've booked him. Is that the Johnny Draper ethos then, bringing a bit of awesomeness? I, I guess. It's, uh, when I say it, it sounds really shit, but um, I get in, in my own head, yeah, um, I just want I want people to be excited about their wedding photographs. I want, of course, I want all the moments captured. I want to tell a great story of the day, but I really do want them to afterwards say, yeah, we're really glad we booked him because we got something that nobody else gets. Okay, let's rewind a bit take you back into the midst of time when, <laughs> when did you first pick up a camera when i had a proper job um back in the day i worked for an ad agency in manchester a worldwide ad agency um called jwt i worked in the tv department so i was doing a lot of um non-broadcast stuff um bits of film bits of editing for all kinds of different things vox pops on the street one week um putting stuff together for um, conference sort of breakout sessions, you know, something that was supposed to make people, you know, wake up and realise that they liked the job that they were working in, that sort of stuff. Um, and that then led to weddings. Um, it is the longest story in the world, but in a nutshell, basically somebody at work was getting married and they said, oh, you film stuff and edit stuff. Will you come and film my wedding? I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. Never been to a wedding before. I had no idea what was going on. Um, I put together this kind of three and a half minute highlight um reel on a dvd and i I did all the stuff that i I kind of i had no idea really 
what I was doing and what was expected because I had never even been to a wedding, never mind looked into photography and videography, but I was doing, I, I kind of applied what was hammered into me in the day job to weddings, which was nothing boring, fast cuts, great piece of music, make people be interested in what, what they're watching. So I was like, oh, cut all the speeches out, they were shit, cut all, of, all the ceremony out, that was really boring and long. I just had this sort of three and a half minutes on DVD and I didn't even know at the time because I was just using all the work uh, edit suite that I had and the, and the kit. Um, people were still knocking out, you know, four-hour epics on VHS. Um, I didn't s- sort of value the fact that I had all this kit to play with um, and I was, like, charging 100 quid for a wedding, um, which kind of made the phone start ringing very, very quickly overnight after having done this one wedding. Um, and I started looking into the wedding industry a little bit more and realising I was massively overchar- undercharging for what I was actually delivering. Um but I think the other thing that came from that was I realised it was a really cool, fun place to be. Um, actually working at somebody's wedding, really, really great fun. Um, and that then kind of went down the stills route then. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it was weird. I, I didn't have any um, specific thought about it. I just thought one day, <laughs> randomly one day, I wonder what it'd be like taking the stills. Because obviously I'd worked with loads of photographers by that point And I just kind of had a crack at it, which is the sort of thing that people go mad about these days don't just go into a wedding shooting stuff with no idea what you're doing but you know there's no greater pressure to make sure you get it right i guess in some ways so i kind of did a few weddings for free um did the stills but i had quite a lot of wedding experience to back it up um and then off the back of that all of a sudden i was like all right this is fun and it potentially can turn into a business which i like the sound of so it it just kind of went from there really what were the main differences that you found between doing the video and the stills, apart from obviously one was moving and one was still? Yeah, I guess it was um, the interaction I was having on the day, and I think that was something that really pushed me into the stills and took me away from the video. I I really enjoyed shooting the films and editing the films and delivering them, but I realised I I kind of wasn't talking to people at the wedding at all, and I'm I'm quite a people person, and I realised I was shooting everything pure documentary for the for the films but i was getting in the car at the end of the night feeling a bit miserable because i was like not spoken to anyone all day um and i kind of then liked the whole um having a, an involvement a little bit more in the wedding day i kind of everyone's different every photographer's different i know that um but i like the almost sometimes being a bit of a wedding planner on the day and helping things happen and making things that potentially are going wrong right and I get a lot out of that and it, it kind of translates then into my photography and makes me um, push myself even harder because I feel like I'm a real integral part of the day you know when I it's like I said why, why I wouldn't describe myself as a pure documentary photographer because the documentary photographers who I know I know their approach is very very much similar to what mine was when I was shooting video which is sort of part yourself in a corner and watch and wait and, you know, kind of start to read situations but not influence them. I love walking into bridal prep or meeting the lads in the pub and having a bit of a laugh with people. Um, And it's not trying to create a situation. It's just that interaction with them. I really enjoy that. And, you know, bridal prep's one of my favourite times of the day. It can be really, really good fun. Um, And if you can have, you know, I always see it as an opportunity to build a bit of a relationship with all the other people there that you don't know you know I'd, I'd like to think I've got to know my bride and groom a little bit before the wedding but 
I'm meeting everybody else most of the time for the first time. So there are opportunities for me to just kind of get to know people, get them on side. So if I do need a bit of help from them later on in the day or whatever, um, they're, they're happy to do it, I guess. So you made the switch to stills. Um, was it straight away? Man, my pictures are shit hot or man, my pictures are shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely the second one. Wow. Um, I actually found the on a archived off hard drive um, a couple of weeks ago. I found the first stills wedding that I did, and oh man, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, it was. I think I'm being harsh on myself. I think they really loved it, and I was, I was lucky because I had the wedding experience from doing the video stuff, so I wasn't going in totally green, but. It's a whole different ball game being the photographer to the videographer, and there was so much, you know. Well, you learn every single time you shoot a wedding. You know, you don't, you don't get to a point where you go, "I've seen it all and done it all now." But um, then, in particular, the first first few weddings, you're really finding your way and um, making decisions is hard on the day, you know. And you, I think that's when you realise people do look to you for some guidance. Um, and that really kind of freaked me out. I remember, but yeah, some of the pictures, some of the the bridal portraits, you know, bride and groom together, and it's a really cool venue as well. And I was I it was properly kicking myself at the time, you know, thinking I'd not done it justice at all, and I, I, I don't really think I had. But hey, they hadn't paid me; um, they knew where <laughs> I was going on, so they were they were delighted with it. But yeah, looking back at it, looking back at it now, it'd be like, oh Jesus, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them see the light of day, those pictures. Oh, I was just going to say, will you let me share them? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> so how did you get better? Did you learn, uh, teach yourself, or did you go and do workshops and training courses? I've done sort of loads of stuff. Um, I actually went really back to basics, actually, after the first few weddings, and I enrolled, enrolled in a, um, a sort of night school. Um, it was like... Um, a BTEC or a GNVQ sort of qualification at um, Stockport College. And so it was like once a week for, for a full um, school year, September to May. And it wasn't that expensive actually to go and do it. It was only a few hundred quid. Um, but it really helped me with some of the absolute basics that I just never considered um, because I'd, I'd done all my on-the-job training with video and, and that was very specific to what I was expected to produce there. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, learning about all the technical aspects of a camera. Um, so going to do that sort of night course really helped me get through some of the basic stuff. Um, but then I hit a massive wall with it. I, I mean, about three, four months in, I was just like, I'd totally given up on it because it, it got really boring. Um, and I kind of I felt I'd taken what I needed from it so, so I jacked that in um, and I kind of tried to apply things that I'd learned on that and things that I really wanted to understand more about and did a load of styled shoots. I just thought, fuck it, you know, how hard can it be getting a girl to wear a wedding dress and go and knock on the door of a few venues so I can just practice some stuff and try some things out. So I did quite a bit of that, um, which then helped obviously in turn with other things connecting with other people in the industry and building some relationships with people, which again, at the time hadn't really considered that, that was an important thing, but all of a sudden, you know, a few doors were opening and I realized it was as a result of that. Um, and then there was, I've always liked doing workshops, um, from minute one, um, a 
I've kind of started to take real notice of, of wedding photographers in the industry. I've, I've kind of always liked to go and see what people have got to say and understand the, their reasons behind doing things in a certain way. I think that's, I've always found that really interesting. It's not necessarily um, going to see somebody because I absolutely love their style and I want to replicate it. You know, it's it's much more, I absolutely love their style and I'd love to know why, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I went to see uh, Alan Law had a workshop in Leeds a few weeks ago um, and I really found it very, very interesting. He's a pure documentary photographer, um, totally different to me. But I guess overall, um, a lot of our sort of fundamentals of our business and our approach were very, very similar. Um, it was just how we executed what we did that was totally different. But I, I found that really fascinating um, and almost, I guess, reassuring in some ways because I, I kind of, you know, I think he's he's a top, top photographer and he's got a great business. Um, and it's nice when you go and see people who I guess you kind of respect um, and think, oh, actually, you know, I must be doing something right because I do a lot of that sort of stuff myself already. Um, we, our product is just very different, I guess. Okay, so when you were um, training and doing this MVQ course for a bit, were you still working day job? I was. Um, so I was kind of, again, I was, I was really lucky with the day job in that I had um, this kind of suite at work with, you know, edit suite that was behind closed doors. Um, my main sort of computer setup was facing, my screen was facing a window rather than the doors <laughs> into the room. It had everything I needed on it, you know, it had Photoshop, it had, you know, all that stuff. So I could just, you know, I could go and shoot stuff through the week at a weekend bring it into work on a Monday morning, plug that external hard drive into my Mac there and kind of get on with my own work. So I was really lucky and you know, I, I kind of got to pull the wall over the, the boss's eyes a little bit. Um, I, I guess they won't mind me saying that because they kind of figured that in the end and um, I am still in touch with them and um, they've always been really supportive of, of what I went on to do. So um, I kind of appreciate that they, they kind of let me get away with it for, for a, you know, probably more than a few months. <laughs> How long was it then before you got to the point where you thought, do you know what, I could do photography full-time and it's time to knock this one on the head? Well, I, because I was able to run so much stuff at, during at work hours, um, that really helped to accelerate things. Um, as I said, my bosses were very understanding. They let me cut a Friday. So um, I, I can't remember what sort of time of year it was. I think it was... I think it was a New Year-ish time of year, and I dropped Friday. And the idea being, I thought I'd probably need 12, 18 months to kind of keep developing the business. I had that single full day to commit to it a week, as well as all the other messing around through the week. Um, but actually, as soon as I dropped that Friday, um, I think it was three months before I then handed the notice in, because it was unbelievable the amount of work that, I could get through in one full day um, because I guess, you know, you get to that point where you really want it. Um, and, you know, so that Friday when everyone who I worked with at the time was taking a piss, oh, you get a day off on a Friday, lying or all that. You know, I was up earlier on a Friday for to work for myself than I was to go into the office for nine o'clock in the week um, just to get on with it, just to do some editing, make calls, emails, try and get myself out there. So, um so yeah, it works really well actually just having that that single day. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you handed in your notice, was there any fears at all? Or were you confident then that this is what you wanted to do and it was going to work? Um... I kind of did the the whole back of the fag packet maths um, before I handed my notice in. I decided that I needed to have X amount of weddings in the diary over the coming months to replace my salary um, so I could pay the mortgage, I could pay my bills, we could still live. Um, And I figured, I think it was about six months I decided I needed ahead of me in the diary. And I was confident because of how much flexibility that one day a week had given me that if all of a sudden I was working for myself full time I was pretty sure that I could fill the next six months after that so six months became this thing in my head so I was like right boom as soon as I've got enough weddings in for six months to live by I'm handing my notice in and I'm going for it so that was that was what I did and yeah it was um I guess when when actually the first day the first day working for myself was actually at a wedding um I'd left on the Thursday and then I had a wedding on the Friday and the Saturday and it didn't just didn't give me any time to have the fear I guess because I was properly just chucked in at the deep end really I had to get on with it so yeah no time to sit around in your pants wondering uh, what (laughs) might be absolutely not (laughs) when you were building up that six months worth of weddings and the following six months where were they coming from were they word of mouth or that network of people you talked about earlier a mixture of things the, the previous couple of years, um, I had been I'd started shooting weddings, so there were certain things that I was doing on that Friday, that spare Friday that I had. I was trying to, you know, build on the relationships with with the people I was sort of meeting. Um, I was trying to take advantage. Sounds you know um, really ruthless, but I was trying to take advantage of the weddings. I'd already shot to benefit from those, you know, make sure you do a great job for people, um, over deliver as much as you can. And hopefully, you know, when sister, best friend, best mate, cousin, whoever it is, hopefully they come knocking on the door as well. So I had a real kind of wide, um, net that I was trying to cast really. Um, but it was all very, very much based around, people and real relationships and I've always hated the word networking but I guess that's what it is at the end of the day um so that was a real mix between things opportunities from previous weddings um venues and other suppliers that I'd met and worked with um and yeah just sort of just trying to put myself out there so that people start to know who I was I guess which is really hard to do you know and I know a lot of people struggle with that because 
it's very, very difficult to have a belief in yourself, um, especially when you just you've jacked in this, you know, what you perceive to be a safe job or a safe career. You've got to really kind of go. Well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to put everything into it, and I am going to believe the hype I'm trying to create about myself that I am good at what I do, and that you know it's my job to convince people that I am good and I will do a great job for them at their wedding. So it was all those sort of different prongs, really. Um, something that I've never gone anywhere near, really. Um, I, I guess I have in some ways over the last few years, but SEO never crossed my mind. Um, I kind of didn't want to, I guess I didn't think about it initially because I was so focused on other things, but when I did think about that, I kind of thought, do I want to be Man- you know, Manchester wedding photographer page one of Google? Or is that just far too much of a wide reach for me? It's, and it felt like because because of where all my other referrals were coming from, it felt that I would just be almost hitting and hoping. Um, the SEO stuff that I think about these days is all blog-related, and I think a lot of people kind of concentrate on that, is trying to make sure you're, you're searchable for for um, you know venue terms, places you want to work at, places local to you that, that are giving you uh, much more... Uh, captive audience, I guess, of the, the kind of brides and grooms that you want to be working for. So I think about that through my blog when I'm putting my blog together, but I've never worried about my website overall being um, searchable. Unbelievably, apparently, you know, the, the the blokes who ring you up from, hi, I work, on, I work for Google. <laughs> really, do you? Really? Um, <laughs> they claim my website is knocking around sometimes on page two or three of Google for Manchester Wedding Photographer. I've no idea how, because it probably doesn't even say Manchester Wedding Photographer on it, but... Um, yeah, I've just always kind of, I don't know, I think you, you kind of pick a way that works for you, I guess, um, and and concentrate on that rather than trying to spread yourself too thin across all these different ways. In the early days then, who inspired you and who inspires you now? That's really hard. Um, I kind of know the early day answer, and that's a really easy one, and it, it's nobody famous in the industry. It's a husband and wife team who I met when I was doing video uh, video. And I worked with them at a couple of weddings, just totally coincidentally, um, over the course of six months. And they were the first photographers at that time, because I'm guessing that that must be, I don't know, nearly 15 years ago, probably. Maybe, maybe not being very kind to myself there, let's let's say 13 years ago. Um, But at the time, there was so much um, tradition still going on in wedding photography, um, and so much the stereotypical approach I guess um, that these guys were the first time that I'd turned up at a wedding and really paid attention to what a photographer was doing because it was just a bit different and it wasn't that they were shooting anything really crazy or like really really out there or really you know a whole different level of artistic approach it was almost how they themselves approached the wedding. I really liked them as people. I really liked how they dealt with the bride and groom and all their friends and family on the day. They properly integrated themselves into both those weddings. And I, I guess they they were responsible a little bit for kind of pushing me towards stills, actually, you know, when now I think about it, because I kind of had almost a, a pang of envy um, within me when I saw the relationship that they had with the bride and groom that I didn't have. Like, the bride and groom were all over them, loved them, hugging and kissing them all day, you know, and I just kind of was like, I want my clients to feel like that about me, and 
um, that was massively inspiring for me. And, you know, obviously then I did this first wedding with them, then went off and checked their workout. And I was like, bloody hell, it's amazing. And it was very, I guess, classic in some ways, you know, pretty much pure documentary. Um, but I did feel they were just seeing things in a slightly different way to anything else that I'd seen before. So, um, yeah, that's... Um, and they are now our very, very good friends. They they then shot our wedding. When we got engaged, they were the first people, um, pretty much after we'd spoken to our parents, on the phone to them from Paris where we got engaged, just to see what their overall rough availability was over a certain time of the year. Um, because I knew I didn't want anyone else to do the wedding. Um, so, yeah, they were hugely inspiring. Um, and our wedding itself was... Um, it's eight years um, on Tuesday coming up um, is our anniversary and we got married at the Inn at Whitewell in Lancashire which is sort of pub with rooms in the middle of nowhere and it was fucking horrible it absolutely lashed it down sideways rain all day and seeing how they dealt with that at my own wedding because I'd, I'd always been quite lucky up until that point weddings that I'd been involved in never really had a total washout and again they just brought this air of calm nothing was a problem everything was going to be fine and i took so much from them you know so much of my approach these days is based on um, what i learned from those guys so um yeah big up jonathan and christine um off of jonathan harris photography he and they don't really shoot weddings anymore to be honest with you. they've gone sort of um down the role of uh, business mentoring because uh, i always kind of really aspired to you know have a business as strong as theirs they were they were charging big bucks at the time um and were shooting amazing weddings and that was a real sort of inspiration to me as well just from the sort of commercial point of view um but yeah we're really lucky to be to be still really good friends with them so so they're the guys who who kind of really kicked things off for me um and they're the ones that i always you know if i ever do find myself in in a a sticky situation at a wedding or you know i always kind of have that in the back of my head what would Jonathan and Christine do? You know, that's that's always a little a little sort of thing in the back of my mind. Um, these days, overall, in the wedding industry, um, wow, it's really difficult to say there's so many, so many good photographers out there um, in this country, in the Northwest, uh, worldwide. God, I mean, you know, I guess I've already mentioned Alan Moore. Really love him. He's sort of come out of nowhere, really, in the last three or four years. Um, and he's really, I think, um, redefined, in my personal opinion, um, that sort of documentary approach, especially um, go to see his workshop and understand uh, and understanding a little bit more about his reasoning behind how he approaches certain things and, you know, different parts of the day and what he's looking for. Um, I don't really know any other wedding uh, documentary photographers who kind of approach things in the same way. So I guess, you know, from that point of view, all I'm... I kind of don't really do it myself. I do find it really inspiring. Um, but there's loads of people. Oh, God. there's Around my neck of the woods, there's, there's two people in particular that I uh, massively rate who um, I know one of them in particular un massively underrates himself. Um, so there's Andy Wardle, um, who is... I, I'm a huge fan of his work. You can spot it a mile off. I don't know anybody else with his approach or his editing style. Um, I really love it. He's, he's sort of nailed his business to the wall really. And said, this is what I do. If you're one of my brides and grooms, come and book me because there's nobody else out there who, who does what I do. And I, I really massively, um, 
admire and respect him for that. Um, it's it's hugely different to what anybody else in the northwest does, I think. Um, and there's also a chap called Damien Brandon, who um, I'm a massive fan of. Um, he's the one who hugely underrates himself. Um, he is a million times better than he gives himself credit for. Um, I think, it, again, he's just got an approach to the day overall and, and a relationship with his brides and grooms that I think is um, is really difficult for people to, to actually... Um, mirror with their own brides and grooms people book him and they love him um they fall in love with him they fall in love with his style he's one of those photographers that if he says to a bride and groom on the day let's go and um let's go and jump over this fence and take your shoes and socks off and paddle across that stream and go do this that, and the other they will just go yeah brilliant can't wait um so i really love him from that point of view because that's the sort of stuff i i really like doing i want to do something that's a bit interesting and a bit different is about that couple on that day and he's sort of epitomizes all that for me cool i think this is a slightly different question in terms of influence on your career and your biggest influence who would that be i hope it doesn't come across really really cheesy and corny but um it's probably my dad from a business point of view um and the fact that he's always kind of just gone yeah just just do it yeah you, yeah you can do it um he's really sort of um, inspired me and influenced me from a, a marketing point of view. That's that's sort of his bag. That's what he does. Um, and I guess quite a lot of that has rubbed off on me. Um, and he's the other, the, the other sort of voice in my head um, when it comes to a business point of view. You know, it, it's always, mm, what will my dad do? What will my dad say about that? Um, so he's always the one that's kind of helped me make good decisions from a from a, a business point of view, but he's you know he's, he's um, really creative as well because he's you know he's marketing director, so he's always kind of been in and around the creative side of of business. Um, so he's always been dead happy to cast an eye over you know the work side of things as well, and he's forever sending me links to shit that he finds on the internet. That you go, have you ever thought about this? This would be great if you could do this sort of thing, replicate that in the business. Um, and some of it's wow, that's actually a really cool idea, but it would be dead hard to do. And some of it's like, yeah, you're joking, aren't you? <laughs> but overall, um, he's, he's the first person that I'd pick up the phone to to call to kind of go, right, I'm thinking about doing this with the business. What do you think? What would your thoughts be on that? So I guess he's the, the kind of the big influence on that side of things. Excellent. And what excites you about your job? I guess the unknown um, every wedding's different, every couple's different, um, every individual within the couple is different, and that makes shooting weddings exciting. Um, you know, you can. I've got wedding Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday this weekend, and, and I guess if you printed out the, the running order of the two days and put them on the table next to each other, theoretically they'd look like the same wedding, um, because obviously there's a, an overall formula most of the time to a wedding day. But it's it's everything that comes within the wedding that makes them different. You know, the, the couple start off with then all their friends and family and that's what I get a kick out of, meeting new people and trying to deliver something that, like I said before, makes them go, yeah, that's why we booked him and we're so excited about every single part of the day. And um, yeah, I just think driving to the, to the wedding, that's the, if I stop getting that sort of pang of nerves and that excitement and the adrenaline on my way there then it's probably time to hang the old camera up but um you know i still get that i've shot a lot of weddings and um 
still every single time have that little bit of right what am I going to do in this situation what if this happens what if it starts raining at this point all, all the things that run through your head um, but that's what keeps you sort of focused I guess yeah and what scares you it doesn't have to be about work it can be about life in general you always have a bit of fear attached to um, to the work you know when you send the photographs or the finished set of um, images or the album or whatever you always have that little thing you know like oh god I hope they like them that's a bit of fear um, but you also would like to think that by now I'm you know shot enough weddings to and, and I work hard at trying to understand my couples to to get my head around what they want from me um, but I am going to deliver a great set of images for them but there is still always that little fear in the in the back of the mind so I guess that that's that's something but that probably applies to everybody. Sorry, that's a really rubbish answer. <laughs> it's okay, the fearless Johnny Draper. <laughs> I like that. It's going to go on the website. <laughs> yeah, coming to fight crime on a street near you. All right, I think you'll probably have an answer for this one. What's your favourite swear word? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I've got loads. Does this bit get broadcast? Yeah. Oh. This is a grown-up podcast. See, I was thinking, like, of course I want to circulate this to loads of people, but... I don't want to see bomb because okay, then well, we can just allude to that. But I love so. Say, I think a C bomb is massively underrated, and people are really scared of it. Um, a very good friend of mine, he said, "There's nothing better than a really good positive swear," and I totally agree with it. I think you know, like, oh my god, you look fucking awesome. That's great. Calling somebody a fucking whatever is aggressive and angry, and I, I don't like that but i do find myself exclaiming swear words quite a lot and sometimes massively inappropriately at weddings as well um but i think i kind of get away with it a little bit but i do love a c-bomb um yeah th- this particular friend also told told somebody the other day in my presence that i was i was a lovely oh, i was a lovely c-bomb <laughs> in referring to me i was like wow that is a real positive use of it but i guess my, my favorite if i was like really thinking about it my favorite sort of um, version of that is the one that probably not that many people know and it always makes me laugh right so um, like polite swear words that you probably scolded a bit for, for using when you're a kid growing up and stuff um, but things like calling people a prat when you're young when you're a young kid at primary school or a burke burke is my favourite because burke is actually um, a reduced version of cockney rhyming slang for Berkshire Hunt, which obviously is Cockney Ramming slang for. So I just love the idea of little kids calling each other a Burke on the playground. I love that. Right. If you could be anything else for a day, what would you be? I'd be in a boy band. Easy. Next. Singer, <laughs> dancer. Oh, everything. everything. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd be able to do it. I'd be the obviously I'd be the front man. I'd be the sort yeah. of um the Gary Barlow. Well, I thought I'd like to take that. I've seen him a few times, obviously, but I've I've got a soft spot for Westlife. Okay. Spot for Westlife. You like uh, the key change and the standing up yeah, from the stool. Yeah, I love the stool, stool key change up, walking forward, boom, love it. The uh, reach and grab. Oh, all the air grabs, anything, anything massively cheesy and obvious boy band sort of nonsense. I'm all over it. Love it. You also like musicals, I know. Oh yeah, big fan of music. I guess that's the other. If it was between the two, it'd be a toss-up between you know one one night on the West End stage in Les Mis, or one night sort of you know Manchester Evening News Arena, which is not called that anymore. Um, 
you know, with um, with the crowd going wild, it'd be a toss up between those two. Who would you play in Les Mis? <sighs> Depends what kind of what day of the week it is. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think this afternoon when I, I know it wasn't this afternoon when I was singing along to it while I was editing. Of course, it's not every day. Um, yeah, it is a little bit. Um, I kind of I've always quite liked the idea of being Javert, who's the the kind of perceived to be the bad guy. Um, uh, everyone, you know, when you see like um, interviews for films and stuff like that, and people of well-known actors play baddies, they always say they love playing a baddie more than the than the good guy because most of the time you get to die, which is quite dramatic and all that sort of stuff. But you know, the audience isn't on your side, and you know, I, I kind of like that. Honestly, in Les Mis, it depends what kind of day of the week it is because I would, I, I'd like to think do a good Jean Valjean. Javert gets one of the best lines in it when he says they will wet themselves with blood. They will wet themselves with blood. <laughs> They will indeed, yes. Right. Who, living or dead, would you love to photograph? It's a bit of a never-meet-your-heroes sort of thing, isn't it? They always say that about you know people you're a big fan of. and But I don't know. Because immediately, like, in my head, if I was going to be doing something like that, it would turn into a, yeah, let's go out afterwards. And, like, you know, so I'd be like, it'd be like Robbie Williams back in the day when he was proper tearaway, you know, when he left take that. I'd be like, oh, thank Shoot him in the morning, and then we go out and like go crazy, and tear up London. You know, um, you know, it's not. I was, uh, no, I just stopped myself saying really bad things about potentially what we'd do with <laughs> Class A drugs, which is just like massively wrong, but very nineties. You tear up Stoke with Robbie Williams. Stoke, yeah, get, get up Stoke, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, go mad. You do a lot of workshops and. Could you dispense to us a little bit of advice to um, another photographer? I guess it would be my all my workshops have a kind of a, a hashtag attached to them, but it doesn't necessarily go out there as a hashtag. It's kind of a virtual hashtag. I refer to it as hashtag this. Um, and it would be hashtag don't be a dick. It's about remembering weddings are about people. They're about, without getting overly romantic about it all, it's about the, the greater good. It's about that day, their day, their friends and family, their party. It's not about us as photographers. Um, of course, we're photographers and we think the most important thing in the world at a wedding is the wedding photography. But I honestly think you've got to fit into it. You've got to integrate yourself into the wedding. You've got to complement it. You've, you can't dominate it or um, be really intrusive because people are going to fucking hate you then. Um so, but that applies across everything. Every you know, when I when I do run uh, like a full day workshop, it gets used a lot through the course of the day, and it applies to everything from a from the business point of view, I guess overall. So, you know, it, it it's how you work with other people. It's how you try and um, establish a relationship and then build it. It's it's just remembering to be a normal person and not be a twat or hashtag don't be a dick. Um, I think it can apply across everything you do, um, and I think if you remember that and you know, kind of act on it, and don't do stupid things or say stupid things that make people kind of go, "He was a bell end, wasn't he?" Um, then you're, you're kind of halfway there already. I think a lot of people who who come on my workshops initially are overly concerned with technical things with. How do you make this do that? All that sort of stuff. And, and I guess my overall aim overall is to simplify all that sort of stuff so that people aren't scaring themselves to death with very, very technical and complicated approaches to different parts of the day. 
but actually strip it right back and, and kind of remember what shooting that wedding is all about really and that is delivering a set of photographs that is perfect for that particular couple excellent advice and you've also just given me the title for this podcast <laughs> final question who else should i be interviewing who would you like to hear from on phototypes there's quite a few people i think of i'm trying to avoid really obvious ones that i just think would, would be interesting there's a guy in the states who i i only know virtually and i met him virtually through some friends and i really really like his work and he's just kind of I don't know, again, it's, it's a bit like I was saying about Andy and Damien before. He's just got a real thing that I kind of I switch on to. And what I like more and more, which is why I'd like to hear from him, um, what I see more and more now is he's really kind of putting himself out there. He gets a lot of work published on various different sort of worldwide blogs and... Um, uh, different types of sort of social media and stuff. So you know, he's in, recently he's been in the Huffington Post quite a lot on those sort of you know articles. You know, the thirty best wedding photographs you've ever seen in the world, all that sort of stuff. But I'm really noticing more and more of that, and it's not that he's just plugging away at it. I think it's it's genuinely because he's really shit art um, and is producing the sort of work that people want to share. He's a guy called Jonas Seaman, and he's based in um, Seattle in the states i can hook you up with his details if you want but if you google him obviously you'll find him um but he, he just comes across as a really cool guy again the sort of photographer that you can see his brides and grooms are like loving having him there um so I'd, I'd be really interested to hear like his answers to all these questions excellent i will uh try and get hold of him and get him on cool. johnny thank you very much for joining us that is the end of your grilling thank now. you so much for having me it was fun before you go Tell us where people can find you on the internet. Um, yeah, uh, johnnydraper.co.uk. Um, everything then connected to me kind of springs out from there. So all my social media stuff's on there. Um, workshoppy type stuff is on there. So, um, yeah, hit me up. Excellent. Don't forget to send me those pictures from your first wedding. <laughs> yeah, never going to happen. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. If you're enjoying Phototypes, do come and like us on Facebook at Phototypes Pod, where you can see more images from the guests we feature. If you've got a favourite photographer you'd like to hear from, then do get in touch via Facebook and let me know. And you can find me, Matt Bowen, at theretreat.co on Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.